Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, Abraham, Ali, and I are discussing episode 11 of Survivor Cambodia Second Chances. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Survivor Now Podcast for Instagram and at Survivor Now Pod for Twitter. And Survivor Now Podcast has paused channel memberships for the time being. However, leaving comments, liking this video, and subscribing are fantastic ways to show support. All right, Abraham and Ali. It is day 30 in Survivor Cambodia. Jeremy asks Spencer if he thinks that the move to blindside Fishback messes with their numbers. Spencer tells Jeremy he feels like blindsiding Fishback opens up the game for everyone. But we know that Jeremy was sort of using Fishback as a shield. How do you think Jeremy's feeling right now? Uh, Jeremy's mad. Like, not mad, but you can tell that... Like Jeremy said it in his confessional, getting rid of Stephen or Fishback was not good for Jeremy's game because Fishback was someone who was ultimately loyal to Jeremy. Um, so when Spencer was saying all that, like, it was kind of one of those things of, okay, you can say that it's opened up the game for everyone, but what it did is it opened up, it opened up the game for Spencer. Spencer wanted to do it because he has been itching to make a move and he's been itching to have something on his resume. So that was one of the main reasons why he did it. But he's now just trying to pull the wool over Jeremy's eyes in a sense to be like, no, this benefited all of us when it's like, come on now. We know it didn't. Look, they, they play the game of Survivor now. That's it. Spencer knows that So now we're, we're not talking about first players and don't know how to get ready for the end. And it's only a certain amount of players and you got to start voting people out. But for me, that was a big move. You got out fish back. One of the people you were looking to try to, how to clean up your mess. See, Jeremy is good at cleaning up his mess. Spencer, where Spencer is 
But again, we're going to see that once you vote people out at this stage of the game, there's some and we still got Joe. Joe's still in the game. So <laughs> I think that's one of the yeah. how Spencer handles it. Yeah, Abraham, I think you made some good points. I think, I mean, at this point in the game, everyone ha really has to consider their own path to the end. And we see that with the answers that tribal council gets, um, uh, the answers that we get at tribal council. And I think where we see something interesting happening here is also Spencer is saying like he is trying to be much less of a game bot and he needs to keep a good relationship with Jeremy because he, although he doesn't want to go to, he says this, he says he doesn't want to go to the end with him, but he does see him as valuable for his game. Yeah, it, it was a weird one because I feel like Spencer's, Spencer's comfortable, like he, when Spencer is a game bot, he's in his comfortable, he's in his comfort zone. And I think as much as Spencer is like, I'm trying to push myself out of that, I think there's always going to be a sense that he's always going to have a little bit of game bot in him because that is, that is him, that is Spencer. Like Spencer, we know and we've seen so far and even in his previous season, he is, he has that game bot kind of strategy. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's that thing of he needs to still he needs to learn the balance of it because I think he's he's pushing so much on not coming across as a game bot that when he's trying to show emotion and show vulnerability because he's trying so hard not to give the game bot appearance, it's then coming across slightly too forced at times, and you're like, breathe, Spencer, breathe. <laughs> it's a look. You know what? He he's this is what thirty nine days, and I think Spencer made a great decision in getting a target, getting with him. But I don't think Spencer really thought past that. It looks like he's he, you're like, okay, what happens next? Where I think a player like Jeremy is like, oh, back out at this moment. Because you know what, if you look and compare Joe fish back out pretty much at any time, but Joe, as long as he's winning challenges, guess what? It's going to be a, because we, so you kind of already know what the clock is looking like. So I think mastermind to get that out, good resume, but I think he didn't think, okay, now how honoring floundering red now yeah abraham i sort of agree with you i feel like the more joe is in the game the longer that joe is in the game for um the more dangerous he becomes because he is really i mean we see in this episode especially pushing himself to uh by like his whole limit and i think that they did take the swing at steven i think what they did know was that they would have joe what they would have Joe's vote to do that. And they kind of used it when it was most convenient to them. Um, they didn't realize that there would be a steal of vote, but we, we know that that uh, didn't play into the tribal at all, really. Um, so it's all really interesting. And then Ollie, I need to get your opinion on this because uh, Kimmy pitches an all women alliance to Wentworth 
And uh, she also pitches it to Tasha with Joe being the first man to go. Um, I heard your eyes rolling all the way across the Atlantic. Where was this energy when Monica mentioned it? Hashtag justice for Monica. No. Um, do you know what? I'm going to be, I'm happy it's being said. Just because it, it's nice just to see in the sense that Kimmy is kind of now seeing like, right, we're getting to this end bit. I need to see what I can do what's best for her. And to be fair, I think Kimmy suggesting it there is quite a good thing because yeah. I think she sees that, you know, kind of with the women right now, they're, they're sort of a level playing field with all of them. They have good parts of their game. They have bad parts of their game. So I think Kimmy does kind of socially see like, look, if I go with the girls, it's going to benefit me more. And it could, if they then get one of the guys out this round, it then gives her an opportunity or a chance to get to four. So I think it was good. It was a really good thing of her, but um, justice for Monica. Where was all that energy when Monica mentioned it? Come on, Ollie. Come on, stop playing. <laughs> I, actually, I thought of a, a joke for you, Ollie, but like I'm testing out some stand-up and then I feel like this one <laughs> might get you. Okay. I want to make sure I get it right. So I have to think about it for a second, but okay. What did Monica say to Steven in the ocean? What? Put the fish back. Put the fish You're back. Put it back. The water. Put the no, fish oh, back. Man. Okay, I was hoping for more of a reaction. So, um, Ollie, that's because he's 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 already on tea. He's look, he's really uh, salty about the whole Monica thing from the I'm beginning so of the season. Look, it's to me a little too late. You because you really kind of fell in line behind your alliance. And you've been going steady with your alliance because your alliance really is the only reason why you're in the position that you're in. Now you want to do an all-girl alliance. So all the young ladies that were on the outs, they're like, wait a minute. So now you want to work with us? Mm, it just doesn't come across as a mm. genuine possibility. And you're coming to the people that you wanted to vote out and you've been voting out. So it's kind of like, so why do you want to do it now? Joe's still going to be the biggest target because he's easy target. But I, I just think that it, her timing is bad. You waited to day 30 to make any type of alliances or kind of make any type of moves where everybody else has been making moves all around you. So now you kind of trying to play catch up in nine days. Can I play catch up in nine days to say that I had some great mastermind in order to be that person that they're going to vote to give a million dollars to? I, I just think it's a little too late. Yeah. That's all. Abraham, you made a really good point that I want to touch on real quick, which is the fact that Kimmy is saying now is her time to make her move. And I agree that it sort of feels a little too late. What do you two think about like, to me watching this, it feels like Kimmy is put in a position where now she is forced to make a move as opposed to it being something that she was always planning to begin with. Yeah, I think, I don't want to say it's like completely forced. I think that it's almost like, I think with that move and then I think where Kimmy's maybe felt like a couple of times, right, I'm not really in the note, because I think she wasn't in the majority for Fishback, she wasn't in the majority for um, Sierra, for no. Wigglesworth. So I think she's kind of now going, okay, this has been a repetitive thing where I'm not in the note. I need to now put myself in the note. So yes, I do think it's forced slightly, but I also think it's kind of her awareness to be like, oh, wow, I haven't been in the majority vote for the last, like, four times. 
I need to get in there somehow. What do I need to do? Well, later on the episode, we're going to see where Tasha fits into this whole women's alliance and her loyalty to, I wouldn't even say voting blocks. I said, we, you still have alliances. Voting blocks is great. I think if you have more numbers, because you can kind of move around in the numbers, but we're getting down to the point now where you don't have those numbers. So what do you have to do? It's amazing how people become so upset behind the game when ultimately it says outwit, outplay, outlast. So we know you're going to get it. But do you want to be blindsided or you just wanted to be voted out? I think the only player in this season that knew he was going to be voted out at some times when it didn't go his way is Joe. Everybody else that's sitting on the jury right now was blindsided by somebody, mm. which I love. I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I don't want you to see it coming. Yeah, it's it's a part of the game. Uh, another thing that's been a part of the game for a long time is the loved one visit reward challenge. Um, this was Jeff introduced this in a very interesting way. I feel like they were like, hey, Jeff, can you stretch the time a little bit? Because he was like, hey, everyone. Now, the loved one's visit is a really important thing to Survivor, but sometimes we don't do it. Other times we do do it, but on today, we are not doing anything quite differently except the fact that we are doing the loved one's visit. I was like, where are we going? Are we doing it or are we not? But we are doing the loved one's visit, and we get Val, who is Jeremy's wife, Christina, Tasha's cousin, but they say that they're more like sisters in their relationship. Uh, Marcella, who is Spencer's girlfriend. Vera, who is Abby's mom. And uh, Dana, or they call her Big D, who is mm -hmm. Keith's wife. Uh, oh, and sorry, we also have Dale, who is Wentworth's father. And Pat, who is Joe's dad. And then Kimmy got really excited when Jeff was saying her dad's name. But I think he said Ryan, but I don't. I'm just going to call him Kimmy's dad. But just know mm -hmm. I, I tried finding his name. This was really he, sweet. He played, he played on a season. He came on play with her, I think, for loved ones. Um, here's one thing I will say. When I was saying, when I found out I was going on the show, this was something I really wanted to make it to. I wanted to make it to the loved ones visit. You know, just because they fly your loved one out there. Um, and I think you give them a list just to say if somebody couldn't make it. But to have your loved one be a part of your experience. To be there and to go through that whole experience, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the things that endeared to the, the show of Survivor. It's that point in the show where you've been competing, competing, you've been you've been championing these folks, and you've been like, but now we get to see the true emotional side of them, and we see that in the loved ones' visit. So this is definitely one of the things I hope as we move along in Survivor and the pandemic is behind us and everything else that they bring the loved ones' visit back. Because I think it was an instrumental part of making you yeah. endear to the show. Did 41 oh, yeah. even have one? What the world are we talking about, guy? Oh, my bad. I, I, don't, I don't think there's been one. Uh, we did letters. They did letters, uh, they did letters yeah. for us because of the, because we were we, we was deep into the pandemic by that time. Uh, what a lot of the viewers didn't know was when we initially arrived in Fiji, there was no cases that were being reported of a pandemic in Fiji. By the time we left, it was full-blown lockdown. So we, they couldn't uh -huh. do it. Yeah. No, I I kind of agree with Abraham. Like, I, I want to see the loved one visit come back because I do. It's one of those times where, again, kind of similar to what Abraham said, you get to see their, the human side of people. Because, again, we've only seen little snippets. We've seen little confessionals here and there. We've seen moments of vulnerability. But, like, this is where you see the true human side of people. Um, 
And I think it's one of those just things like it is you see it and you do get very emotional. You do get wet, like you do well up. Like, I think I always sat there for ages and I was like, if this happens to me, I'd never cry. I know, I definitely know if I saw one of my relatives at that point, I'd probably be wailing like a baby. <laughs> um, but it, the one that got me was Kimmy. And this, this is, I feel like this was quite a good, again, it, I did enjoy Kimmy this episode, but you just saw kind of, because I know at that point she was 42, and you just saw this, this, this woman just turn into da daddy's little girl. And I just thought it was so sweet, and I did love her for that. And also, I did love Shady Jeff at one point when he <laughs> went, when he went, Spencer has a girlfriend, bring her out! <laughs> I was like, why did you have to announce? Like, yes, it's true, he does have a girlfriend. Uh, I, I wish we got the audio of him doing that. He was like, Spencer has a girlfriend! It was like, wow, okay. Um, and also, speaking of that, we have some really big moments that happen, like life-altering moments that happen here. We have Spencer finally tells his girlfriend that he loves her, and that was sort of set up at the beginning um, with Jeremy, where uh, Spencer was telling him he hasn't been able to say that he loves her yet and he finally does this episode um and then we also have uh jeremy who finds out from val that they're having a baby boy and he chooses not to share this with the group right away but that was what a special moment to have on that beach yeah. that kid is running around now it's amazing that you see that part of it where you announce that you're having a baby and now you go back and you see the kid is actually up and around i think, I think it's got to be like five or six um, I just love the fact that the, the family gets to enjoy that moment with you. And we see where, with Joe, we're not gonna leave Joe out. Him and his dad have a very special moment. Um, and they, and his thing about it is you can't set up your family reaction. You can only set up your reaction. I think the show was good by saying, um, where his girlfriend came out and he was having problem difficulty saying, I love you. Then he finally says it when we see, uh, we see that part of it. We see Jeremy where, okay, we having a, we having a baby, but it's a boy. So we know the gender of the baby. Mm -hmm. We see uh, your, your Kimmy, when she comes out, her father comes out. You can't script that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, that stuff is natural. So I think it's, it, to me, this is one of the best episodes because we get a chance to see the players be themselves. That I just loved it. Yeah, me too. And we find out that Keith is from LA or lower Arkansas. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, uh, I love Keith. Um, I also have, uh, we have a question from David in our live chat. Just a reminder, if you are watching the stream live, uh, you can access the live chat by being a subscriber. And if you are watching or listening after the fact on YouTube or Spotify, feel free to join us for our next streams. We usually do these streams on the weekends. Uh, so David asked, which loved ones visit do you think influenced the gameplay of the season the most? Ooh, that's a good one. So is that this particular season? David, go ahead and let us know if you're talking about this season or any season in general. Because I feel like I have some in mind from previous seasons that I can yeah. talk to. Um, but why don't we keep this question in mind as we continue on and see if any of the loved ones really did influence the game. Uh, and then David also said, and why is it Survivor Vanuatu and Chris Dottery? Oh, Okay. I get it. You're answering your own question, David. <laughs> I think for this one right here, man, I think because here's the thing, like anything else, we're going to have a We're going to have a reward challenge. And this reward challenge says we get to go back, have a barbecue with your family members. The game is back on because now we pick to be a part of that barbecue because, again, we're back to strategy again. So and we see 
the people that got left out and how that pretty much kind of forges them back together because Tasha is going to share some information with Jeremy. And um, why is he, why am I losing his name? What's the guy's girlfriend? Jeremy. Spencer. Because she's going to share some information with Jeremy and Spencer, but it's, it's really based off of what happens on the selection of who's going to do the actual barbecue. Hmm. Now, question is, who would you to pick on a barbecue? Well, let's let's go go through the challenge first, and then we'll go ahead and say who our selections will be. Because I have to think about that for a second, Abraham. So the challenge is the castaways will race to dig up five bags carrying puzzle pieces. Three bags must be dug up from the sand. One bag must be released from the castaways spinning around a post. And one bag must be untied from a balance beam without the castaway falling off. The puzzle pieces in the bags form a word puzzle. And the first castaway to complete the puzzle wins the barbecue with their loved one. So just to get to uh, what you were asking, Joe accidentally hits Keith with a rope. I'm glad he apologized for that. Um, I also loved one other moment that I loved during this was um, Abby's mom telling her to focus when she was having some problems. I thought that was a fun edit. Um, but then Wentworth is the first person to spell nourishment and she wins a barbecue with her dad. And then she chooses Keith, Abby, Kimmy, and Joe. So Abraham, going back to your question, who would you would have select? Well, I see why she chose... Uh, Keith. Keith was the easy. Keith is like an easy choice because he really doesn't give you the vibe like he's going to do anything ruthless, anything. So Keith is an easy choice. Um, and you know what? When you call you when you call your wife Big D, cool nicknames like that, you got to bring them aboard. Come on, bring them aboard. Um, so I like that one. Abby to me was another easy choice because it didn't really cost you anything to bring Abby. Now after that, Kimmy. Um, now you're saying, okay, who do I want to talk to? Who do I want to strategize with? I think once you went past Abby, that's when your game mode kicked back in. Because now you're bringing in Joe. Now you know you're going to vote Joe out, but why would you bring him back into a barbecue? So you want to do something to say, hey, Joe, I brought you in. We need your vote. So I think it was one of those situations where after Abby, everybody else was a strategic move forward to say, okay, let me talk to you. Because you purposely left out Tasha, Spencer, and Jeremy, who have been working together. So... Now, and if you're talking about the girls alliance, why wouldn't you brought Tasha with you and not Joe? Because mm. you already said you're going to plot to vote all the men off anyway. So why would you bring Joe? So interesting twist. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I would have definitely gone on like emotion and just been like, right, who clearly needs this? Like, because mm. even though everyone needs it, it's one of those things like, what, what who do you feel like would just benefit this? Like, personally um and i feel like for me i know if i was in that situation i would actually psych myself out to not get picked by whoever because i feel like a lot of the, the a lot of the reason this challenge like um the reason this challenge affects the gameplay at times is because it takes if people do get like emotional and personal with this challenge because it's like you're basically saying I don't deserve my loved one and I think the good thing with this season like this particular season and what we saw was it's everyone second time playing and they know that it's not personal and I don't I didn't see anyone kind of take not being picked personally um so I definitely would have just gone on like right who clearly needs this who who would benefit just 
out of game context who would benefit from it and that's what i would try to explain and hope that people would actually think i'm being genuine with even though people would just be like jury management i'd be like no i'm trying to actually be a nice human for once <laughs> jury management I feel like this out of this type of re of a reward out of all of the rewards is like the most sensitive one to select players for, like oh, you were yeah. saying, Ollie. And um, I don't know if I would have done anything differently if I was in Wentworth's position. I think uh, I don't think I would have brought at least one of the women if we were playing an all women's alliance, just in case it was suspicious to. Um, anyone who didn't go, but we nice. did see, I mean, I feel like Kimmy was sort of waiting for this moment. I, I may have switched out Joe for Jeremy. Mm. Um, I may have done that. I don't know if that's strategy or just, uh, my heart knowing that uh, Jeremy just found out he was having a baby. Um, of course, Wentworth didn't know that or having a baby boy, I should mm -hmm. say. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'll keep thinking about that. Um, but to David's question, I mean, I think uh, the Vanuatu loved ones visit was a great one uh, that influenced the gameplay the season the most. Another one that comes to mind is um, Lisa from Survivor Philippines, whose like brother came and basically was playing the game on the island yeah. as well. So like, I think, you know, things like that come to mind. There's, no. there's been there's been many times where who won that who won that challenge is the one that then went home that episode and i think it was i want to say it was ghost island i think whoever won that particular challenge did end up going home i think it was ghost island i will double check oh. i remember no. specifically I'm not, I, I just remember, it was one of the later kind of, it was, it was the late thirties episodes. I remember specifically someone won that reward, picked people, and then they did end up going home that round. And I know one of the reasons was due to the family visit. So I know that was the one where it did. I will think about it now. Got to get yeah, on that survivor it? wiki, Ollie. I will get yeah, it's different. Like Matthew said, it's different when it's a first time playing versus second chance where you know the loved one visit was already there because Jeff set it up in like a roundabout thousand <laughs> extra words way. Um, but you knew the loved one visit was a part of your actual show. Um, I will say the most iconic one or the most infamous one is Johnny Fairplay <laughs> because he impacted the game. And that move, nobody would have ever thought because when you had to make it to the loved one's visit. Mm -hmm. Two, he used that to further him a little further along in the game. He eventually still got voted out, but that had to be the most infamous slash iconic play mm -hmm. of the game of Survivor. Now, I'm not lying to my grandmother, so I wouldn't have done that. Um, but it, it he he's known for it. If you ever meet him in person, he's he's funny as all get out. But it's like, what in the world? Who would concoct that idea and then pull it off? To get yourself a little further in the game, it's wild. It is a a, a wild move um, that Johnny Fairplay tried out. Um, I don't know if it's ever been dared to do again on a season of Survivor. If we've seen anything like it since then, I don't know if either of you can think of a moment like that that's similar, right? Nobody never thought that back. Up. No, but I do remember China because I just recently watched it. China, where um, Todd found out. Oh well. Sister, even though it was obviously completely true and all that, and you had 
because it was so close to um, Pearl Islands, in a sense, you had obviously Courtney being like, well, that was the Academy Award winning performance. And you're like, oh. That that that's that's a, that's people having suspicion about someone. Yeah, not really the the move. But then uh, we go to the reward challenge, and we have Joe and his dad who have that heart to heart. And then um, that was that was sweet. I mean, unfortunately, as someone who likes to look at the edits of the these episodes, that's this was sort of my clue that something was going on with Joe. Either he was going to make a massive game altering move to get him to the end or he was going home um because they didn't really focus on anyone else at this reward it was really just joe and his dad um talking about actually joe shared that his dad wasn't very affectionate towards him growing up um and it meant a lot to him that his dad came out to play and also called him his best friend so i mean that was a sweet moment and i was like no joe you're going home um you'll be in just a second don't even worry about this yeah yeah and um the what happens at the uh, losing castaways camp, the people who don't go on the reward. Um, this is interesting. This is a final three in the making. So we have Spencer who tells Tasha that the move against Steven was purely against Steven and not against her. I think he did a good job, exp- like, you know, sort of making her feel comfortable with this. Um, I think I'd love to know from either of you, do we think Tasha was a little too forgiving well, well, two things. There was the vote that she was left out, the Wiggles vote that she was left out of. Um, and now Spencer also sort of blindsided her this time as well. But she, she she still makes a final three with them. What do you think of Tasha's game move here? I don't know yet. I don't know yet, only because I just feel like, especially with the merge, she was doing, she she. Her pre-merge was really good. This merge, it's almost like it's what you say versus what you do. And she's saying a lot, but then not doing a lot. So I, I, I need to see first before I'm kind of like yes or no on it. I don't know. Uh, I think she's I think she's right now again in you're you're almost saying, okay, when do you strike? I think Tasha is is really being very good at playing both sides because nobody suspects Tasha of being that player that they can't use. So the women saying, no, we can use her because the guys have left her out of votes. So we actually played in her favor, but is Tasha masterminding any type of moves right now? And that's really what it comes down to. They're going to say, okay, well, what move did you make? What separates you from Spencer? What separates you from Jeremy? What separated you from Fishback? And right now we see Tasha really just kind of floating in the middle, which is a safe zone because nobody's really looking at voting Tasha out. They're looking at Joe. They're looking at Jeremy. They're looking at Spencer, Wigglesworth. They're looking at everybody else. But Tasha is kind of floating down the middle. And I think when they come along and they say, we're going to hear later in the episode, who wants to sit next to Abby? I think Tasha fills that same bill right now. Who wants to sit next to Abby because they know they can beat her? Right now, as of today on the 30th day, whoever sits next to Tasha can beat her because they've all done something. Spencer just did something. So Spencer's good to go. We've mm-hmm. seen Jeremy do some voting out. We've seen Jeremy play his idol. You know, we we have different things that we can point to to say this changed the game. So I think we got to wait and see. I'm with Olive on that. We just don't know where she sits at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I... I just a quick thing with not just Tasha Spencer in that moment. 
I did find it quite funny. At the start of the episode, he's there going, I need to get rid of Jeremy this thing. And then he suddenly makes a final pre-deal with Jeremy. I'm like, you've made one big move and suddenly now you're going to do all this game talk. And yet you don't want to be a game bot. Look, here's one thing we all got to keep in mind. Jeremy still has an idol. Yep. Oh, I forgot Kelly. about that, actually. Mm-hmm. What the word? And Kelly still has an idol. And you know we're down to, thir- we on day 30 and nobody knows that yet. And hopefully no one finds out until it's played. Because that makes for best TV. Um, that's a great point. I like forgot that the idols were around. They didn't mention them at all this episode, which I'm actually very happy for about as a viewer because you know i already forgot about them so it's going to be more exciting when they come back into play um i feel like with tasha right now she played such a impressive uh pre-merge game and i want her to keep that momentum up so i don't know what she has to do to sort of get back to that mode but i think she's still on the high of the pre-merge and work her and savage working their way up uh of a majority tribe um to where she is now and i think the part about her being right in the middle so right she she has the option of the all women alliance but she also has the option of spencer and jeremy and their final three so i think that's an impressive place to be in but now i think she just has to make that choice and commit to one um or i mean just just be able to set herself up a little bit better with who she's sitting next to, like you were talking about, Abraham. Um, and they all agree that Joe should be the next to go. Uh, and I think that they might have a chance. So we are going to take a very quick one-minute ad break, and then we are going to go straight into the individual immunity challenge, and we're going to find out if Joe is able to win just one more. My name is Jonah Fielko, and I'm the CEO of Bracketology.tv. Fantasy sports for reality television. We offer fantasy games for shows like The Bachelor, Survivor, Big Brother, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Counting. You start by creating a community. Within your community, you can create a fantasy league for each show that you want to play fantasy games for. Within the league, you can choose up to three of our four game types, and our most popular is the Advanced League. Choose a team of contestants, and depending on what they do and say during the episode, that's how your team will gain or lose points each week. We also have elimination style games like our confidence pool. This is where you choose how confident you are that each contestant will survive elimination that week. And we've also got March Madness style brackets. Come back a couple hours after the episode to check your scores and watch you climb the leaderboard. Bracketology is free to play, so grab your friends, your family, your coworkers, and head to bracketology.tv for more info. All right. Each castaway will balance a statue on top of a pole. At regular intervals, the castaways will add more sections to their poles, making them taller and more difficult to control. The last person to not drop their statue wins individual immunity. And there is a twist. There will be one man and one woman. Each of them will win individual immunity. So two people will have individual immunity for this next tribal council. I like twists like this. I think they're fun. Mm. I don't know how much of an impact it had on this episode, but sometimes we see it makes like a massive impact. Well, yeah, especially when you know that like either a quarter of the tribe or a fifth of the tribe, like when more than one person has immunity, you know people get scared because they're like, that's one less option. And then that's one less option that can go in front of me. 
Um, so I do like it. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think it played too much of a factor, but yeah, I think I, I think it, I, I think it to me it played a big factor because you always have the first person you want to vote out and the second person you want to vote out. So let's just say that the second person you want to vote out now she want immunity. You're not really looking at three people to vote out. So now it's like, okay, do I vote out somebody that I really wasn't targeting or does this, because now we only have eight players left. So whoever you vote out is going to determine how far you go in the game, because do you put that target back on your back? So I think having two players at this juncture, which I think is a nice twist. I'm with Matthew on that. I think it's a nice twist to add it at eight players where two of y'all get to be safe because now when you get down to seven, there's nowhere to hide when you're voting. Because yeah. you need at least four votes to vote somebody out now. So, how is this going to play out? Well, we start the challenge. Uh, everyone gets pretty decently into it. Um, but then we have this elimination order. We have Kimmy, Abby, Tasha, Spencer, Jeremy. They all drop out in that order. Uh, and then Joe and Keith make it to about an hour and 20 minutes in. But then Joe collapses. Uh this they, they sort of um teased it in the promo to this episode they almost made you think that it was going to be one of the loved ones who was visiting um but joe falls completely i really thought knowing how tall that those poles got and those wood statues on top i mean i i was expecting someone to get hit in the head and the way that they sort of edited this it almost made it seem like there was one point i remember where kelly wentworth she dropped and then she, you know, was leaving to go sit down and it almost made it seem like someone's statue was going to fall um, on her. Thankfully, it didn't. But it was it was like, um, you know, it was very Hitchcockian. Like we knew it was coming if you saw the promos to this episode. And then you were just kind of waiting in anticipation for it to happen. And it was it was really scary. Medical gets called in. Um, Abraham, I want to get your opinion on this because we see some shots. Uh, they break the fourth wall a little bit. When Joe goes down uh, and people start rushing in, you can see some of the crew and actually how many people that there actually are there um, attending to Joe. So medical is there. Let me tell you something. Medical don't stop you from getting hurt. <laughs> no. you go, If you get hurt, you're going to get hurt. Medical is there to make sure you don't. it's not life-threatening or something happens. They're there to make sure you get through the recovery part. But you, you're right, Matthew. If that thing drops off and hits you in the head, there's nothing medical can do to stop that from happening. That's just going to be a part of the show. But medical is in enough of a proximity of us playing the game to respond to make sure we're taken care of immediately. Because ultimately, they don't want anybody to get hurt. But you do get hurt on a game of Survivor. So I don't want anybody to go out there and be like, oh, I'm not gonna no, you're gonna get hurt. They're just there to make sure that like when they when Joe collapsed, they can't stop Joe from collapsing because they don't know when it's gonna happen. And when he falls, he falls in that little square thing. At first I thought it was Keith, uh, the way the edits were, and then as you saw it was just him and Keith playing. I thought it was it was gonna be Keith that fell, but actually it was him. He's taller, he falls, he collapsed. Um and if you go to other episodes where people have collapsed, they let you hit the ground because they don't know that you're about to hit the ground. So unless somebody's close enough to keep you from hitting the ground, they want to make sure if you do fall, what's happening, what's going on. Um, but medical is always there in close proximity to us to make sure that they can provide aid. And we see where uh, was it Dr. Joe? Dr. Joe. 
Dr. Joe wasn't on my season. So um, Dr. Joe comes out there and Jeff is really, I will give him credit in this right here. He is really there to let the audience know what's going on with them, what is happening, what it takes to recover. And Joe just had loss of blood sugar, which, you know, here's the thing about when you're eating a lot. He just went to, a, uh, they had the burger thing. That energy goes pretty quickly. And then you're taxing yourself doing a challenge. And it's funny how it was a scary moment that uh, Wigglesworth comes back and uses against him in tribal. Oh, and Wentworth. Wentworth comes back and she uses against him in tribal because uh, on my season, the only player I thought would do something like that and just do that was uh, Nasir. He was the only person I thought I couldn't beat if I had to go directly. I thought he would never give up. And Joe has that same thing. He just wants to compete and he has to compete. And he gave it everything. And that's what, and, and ultimately, that's what you came out there. You came out there to compete. But again, your body has a limitation. And Joe just, he met that limitation. But medical is always in close proximity to us to render um, aid to us. So never worry about that part. But keep in mind, <laughs> they ain't gonna stop you from getting hurt. Ask, um, what's the name that fell off that cliff? Um, uh, Matthew. Because Matthew. Matthew. when I talked I talk to Matt in person, I was like, Matt, what was you thinking about? Because I never, the rock is on us, was on our same beach. We shared the same beach in episodes. He was like, man, production was there, man, with the cameras and everything. I said, dude, it was, they was ready for you to fall. And once you fell, they rendered aid, but they didn't stop you from climbing up there. So they will not stop you from getting hurt, but they will render aid immediately. Yeah. yeah. They have, they had a lot of uh, tools at their disposal. It looked like they gave oh, him yeah. an EKG right there. I mean, we saw people opening packages and taking out equipment and getting umbrellas for shade um so it i mean it's first of all thankful that joe was healthy enough to be cleared to continue in the game um like we've said before uh being pulled out of the game for something completely uncontrollable uh mm -hmm. is 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 probably the worst way to exit the game um you know, people say being blindsided might be, but that that's no medical. You should worse. be honored to be blindsided because yeah. you are, yeah, you know, like you're still we're, in it. We had Penner, uh, was it Penner? He got medically pulled out. Yep. We had James got medically James. pulled out. Uh, I think the one episode that really made a really impact on making sure medical is available is that when they had a lot of people suffering from heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it is, yeah, it, it is. It's not, when, when it's a different type of heat when you're in the jungle and you're exerting a lot of energy. And I think he won his, I think he won that challenge and it was after that heat, the heat stroke impacted him. Uh, mm -hmm. But they brought in a whole chopper. They, they was ready. So they're there to help you to make sure you recover from whatever happened to you. Do you remember what the temperatures were on the Island, Abraham? It's not the, um, if you ever, so we're in the tropics, so it's probably humidity is really high. So we always was, was hot. But when you put the jungle, when you're inside the jungle and the jungle is giving off the additional heat from the plants and stuff, it feels like it's just hotter. It's just like heat that's yeah. on top of you. So you just got to be mindful of hydration, making sure you, you're drinking more, a lot of fluids and stuff. Um, but it's just like going to a tropical island and you're outside and then put yourself where something is giving off heat, like standing next to your oven. When you, It may be... Okay, let's go outside. You, you're barbecuing. It may be 95 degrees and you go outside to barbecue. But when you stand next to that heat, it seems like it's just kicking off more heat. And that's right. what it feels like is when you go into the jungle because 
for Fiji, they had to cut out an area for us to do our challenges. Well, there's nothing else but the jungle. So that heat is still there. And you kind of just block all that out and you go execute. But it is hot as shit. It's hot as fish grease, buddy. <laughs> I So, I mean... And I think Heat might have been also at play here as well. I mean, I watched it again a second time knowing that Joe would collapse. And you could tell that he was focused, but also like very, like he he was using up a lot of energy just yeah. keeping that thing balanced, as it was everyone. But you could like see it in Joe, especially if you go back and watch it again. But, you know, he collapses, he gets up, he's clear, he's safe, he's good. Um, Wentworth and Keith win individual immunity each. Wentworth was the last woman standing, Keith the last man. Um, and then we get Jeff, who like tries to, he, he tries to make a moment out of this, but he says that when production was developing second chances, they had hoped for the castaways to push themselves to their limits. And I was like, I don't know if this is the right thing to say at this moment. I it's get it. Messy Jeff, man. Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is a consummate person to keep the game of Survivor going. And I, and I, I truly understood what he was saying. I understand. Yeah. You you don't want anybody to come out there and be like, oh, I'm done. I'm, I'm just going to quit. Because you took the place of somebody that would be a joke. Somebody that, and I think if, a, you know, give credit out to Keith, 52 years old, hanging with Joe, pushing Joe to the limits. And, you know, unfortunately, Joe collapsed. We, we didn't want to see that part because we want to see that competitiveness. So I, I understand where Jeff was coming from on that. Uh, probably about four or five words he might, you know, Try it a little differently, but I do understand somebody coming out there. And if you look at a couple episodes where you would just quit on the challenge, why did you take the place of somebody that would compete? And that's really what he's looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Me and, Ollie would, me and Ollie would have both passed out at the same time. They'd have had to go to a photo finish. They'd have been like, well, Ollie fell 30 seconds before him. I, I want to get um, audio because this isn't the first time it's happened, but Kelly Wentworth during challenges, it happened when Joe collapsed, but it's also happened when challenges uh, run smoothly. The way Kelly Wentworth says, oh my God, like it's oh in God. these episodes. I want to get a clip of it because it, it feels like a staple for her. I love it. Yeah. Um, we also, then we go back to camp after the immunity challenge, Keith and Wentworth have won. Um, Abby says, the challenge was awesome. It was like um, it was like a, a soccer match, and it was so intense. I get what she's saying here. I think she was a little excited that Joe collapsed, but just just you know, just saying. Um, but uh, she says now it's time for Joe to go. Yeah, I mean, my bad. I'm gonna get copyright strict. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but we talk about messy Jeff. That was messy Abby. Abby was like, I was so glad. But then to be fair, you kind of did, you saw people's reactions when Joe did fall because everyone was like, yes, Joe hasn't won immunity and then the reality hit in. And I feel like Abby was kind of just there going like, at the end of the day, I was happy to see him drop in the sense of he didn't win immunity. Right. Um, and you can tell kind of Abby and even Kelly are like, right, well, we've already been told about this girls thing. We are more than happy to do it. And we know that the biggest threat is Joe. So Abby's just, they're like, well, yeah, we get Joe out. But also, Kimmy didn't talk to Abby about the All Women Alliance yet. It, she, uh, Abby found out through Wentworth. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. Who wants to talk to Abby about? Abby's reaction is unknown to everybody until it happens. Um, she was really happy about the <laughs> Joe passing out. 
I, I think that um, it was funny as Abby is the best person. When you meet her in person, she's the best person ever. But she is the player you love to hate on her seasons of Survivor because you just never know what you're going to get. And it's like, OK, Abby, what's happening? Um, and is that the first time we hear surface? Who wants to sit next to Abby? Because I think it's an easy win. Is that when it first yeah. surfaces? Yeah, yeah. It's, it comes into play at some point um, here. I think that's that's Joe's pitch to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's Joe's pitch to everyone else, which is like everyone wants to take Abby to the end because everyone would beat Abby in the end, which I I don't know. I, it would, I To me, it would have to be how Abby pitches her case because Abby, again, like Tasha, had excellent strategic moves at the early stage of the game. And sometimes, sometimes it works to sort of take a step back and let everyone else target each other yeah. while you're sort of just in the middle. But also with Abby, they're saying that she's the easy rider. However, from Merge, Abby has sort of, as she kind of alluded to at Tribal, she is in this kind of underdog situation where she's always been fighting to stay in the game. Whereas you have other people like Keith like Kimmy, even slightly like Tasha, where they've always been in this safe majority position, so they've never had to fight. Whereas Abby, it's always been, well, we could always get her out. She's always, like she said, her name's always kind of been out there. Like, it, she's always been someone that's had to fight to get there. So she does kind of technically, merge-wise, have an underdog story. So <laughs> when, you, when you pit that with, oh yeah, no, but I was included in votes, I was in a swing position at points, you then actually get a case for Abby where she did actually have quite a decent game. Absolutely. Well, we also got to remember now, Tasha had shared with Jeremy and Spencer oh. that there is rumor of an all-girls alliance, which now kind of sends Spencer kind of spinning out of control because now he's like, what have I done? And now you're questioning out, should I vote out Joe? One of the, one of the best immunity challenge beast of this season now you're questioning should i should i vote him out so Was now Tasha abby correct? does become in there it's it's looking it's looking even the threat of an all-girl alliance especially with only eight players left and once you vote out another male who has the dominance all the women yeah that's what wentworth is counting on so in that position tasha actually wields more power because if you vote a male out, Tasha becomes a swing for her alliance. So Spencer, Jeremy, Tasha, you only need one other one other voter. Well, you got Kimmy. So you, you already got your four. So now you can and now you're gonna determine who do you take out if you take out Joe. Yeah. But to me, when I when when Tasha did that, it almost I feel like she took away a lot of her power because mm. she didn't need to mention it. All she, and uh, this is, uh, I mean, my eyes did roll then because it's the fact that my issue right now with kind of the earlier Survivor seasons, not more so now, but earlier seasons, was how is it that an all-guys alliance can stay hidden but never a girl's one? And it is always one of the like a girl, so, like kind of someone in the same kind of archetype as Tasha that then mentions it. And it, it frustrates me to no end because I just think the reason the girls' alliances sometimes struggle to work is because 
for some bizarre reason, it just gets spoken about. And it's like, I don't like, it just irks me to anything. So it, it was why I was like, this is not a good move on Tasha because you've now lost your momentum. You've lost your edge. You've lost your advantage at that moment because from, because now what it means is all you have to do is make Spencer and Jeremy so par like more paranoid than they already are to think, right, if you give them anything to think like she's going to go to the girls, they're going to be like, well, no, we now want to go for Abby. And then they'll push for it so hard that Tasha's like, okay, now I'm in a position where I'm screwed either way now. If I do push this, I then lose them. So, yeah, that was my rant. So sorry. Let me, but let's also consider Tasha has been working with Spencer and Jeremy. So mm -hmm. there, that's a genuine path. And in my opinion, I think that she does, like, I think in her, like, in her mind, she is, Jeremy and Spencer are number one, whereas the All Women Alliance is number two in, yeah. in her order. So I, I understand it on any other season, we could see a player going up to Jeremy and Spencer being like, Tasha agreed to an All Women Alliance. And and that being the end of oh, Tasha's yeah. game, you know, yeah, like, I, agree with that. I get mm -hmm. the, um, I get the motivation from Tasha, why it might've felt important to sort of place it into Spencer and Jeremy's mind that another alliance has formed. I think Tasha even recognized that it may have been like a little premature yeah. in when she announced it to them. Again, I do think that she genuinely wants uh, or genuinely feels like her best method of getting to the end is with Jeremy and Spencer. So I think that's mm -hmm. the only reason she sort of filled them in was to say, they think I'm a part of this and maybe, and I like, you know, I think it's a good strategy. I want them to feel like they have me for this Joe vote. And then I'm right back to you too um, for the next vote. Like, I think that works. But again, Tasha said it herself. I think she understood that it caused some suspicion with Jeremy and Spencer in terms of who they wanted to vote for. Well, you're only down to eight. So, and I think Joe, as he he tries to wage his uh, his war to try to stay, which he thinks he's he's talking to enough people. He said, "Hey, look, if you vote out me as a guy," and he pointed to him. He said, "You're going to be number seven. You're going to be number six, and you're going to get all the guys out of it." Which I thought was an excellent move to try to say, "Hey." But the problem is, when do you get Joe out? Because yeah. Joe is in every challenge and has been in every challenge. So when do you get Joe out is going to be the question. Is that more powerful than Tasha saying, well, there's a possible girl alliance? And they also talk about it. Well, can you beat Joe? And that's that's one of those factors you got to weigh into your decision is, what's the, the biggest threat to your game right now? Keeping right. Joe in the game or voting Joe out and taking your chances with a possible girls alliance. I think that Spencer Handlett is, is, is really nervous about this whole situation. Not because of the edits, but because I think it's a situation that he says, you know, I'm more of a, a target now where Jeremy is like, really, do you you really just got to get past vote seven? Because now you have an even number back down to six players. So worst case scenario, you get a tie. But again, when we get to seven players, I think that's going to be the critical to see who's going to survive to the end. But they are making it fun. Oh, they're making it fun. Yeah, I mean, let's go to Tribal Council, because you're right. I thought 
Joe actually played his cards very well at tribal council. Um, well, first we have to talk about the fact that Savage enters wearing a beanie. Um, just thought I would throw so that out there again. I'm a beanie man, man. What's up with beanie man? It's a look. It's, Nobody it's a in look. The, we none of us had a, a hat on in the, a scully cap with the wool in it in the hot desert of the jungle. So no. Wait, hold on. What year was this? Twenty thirteen. Yeah, this aired in. You are correct. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Sorry, it filmed in 2015. Uh, so no. probably, but you know, I think beanies were sort of in. Um, we wouldn't. We, we don't film in winter locations on Survivor. It may get cool at night, but we don't do winter locations. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wear a beanie next episode in tribute to. Survivor. If you hey, look, if you were a beanie, Ollie, in your episode, I will cheer your beanie every episode. Because I'll be like, you, we talked about this beanie. I will get a beanie to match your beanie. And cheer your beanie for the whole episode. Just because you who you are, you made it to the survivor circle. So I'm with you. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe for finale episode, yeah. we'll all just wear beanies. Um, so he wears a beanie. And that's very important for no reason other than the fact that we are keeping track of Savage's uh, outfits. Uh, Joe talks about collapsing at the challenge. Again, like we'd mentioned before, Wentworth uses that as an example of keeping Joe is dangerous because he will push himself until he is on the ground uh, in order to win immunity challenges. And how can any of us compete with that? I think that's a, a, a good way to sort of get around the fact. I mean, it's hard. I mean, Joe did collapse on the ground. You don't want to make it seem like, you know, like, uh, Oh, he's, he's at his weakest. Let's, let's get him. Um, so I think the way Wentworth sort of went about framing this as he will push himself to his limits and it's going to be hard for us to any of us to win against him is 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 a good way of framing it. Well, she won hers. I'm like, we just kind of omit that. We just kind of omitted the fact that she won as well. I, I think that she played it well. She, I don't think you can mastermind the verbiage and how she put that together. So excellent play. But I think Joe still has a good idea, too. If you vote a guy out, because now these numbers are making a difference and the voting blocks and the alliances, we still see that language being floated around. But I thought this was a pretty interesting vote, not because of who got voted out, because of the one vote that was cast that didn't really make sense. Yes. Should we should we spend most of our time talking about that and why that may have happened? I don't have any. Basically, Keith voted for Tasha. So we have four votes on Joe. Wentworth, Abby, Kimmy, Tasha, Spence. I did not count that right. Excuse me. One, two, six, three, four, five, six. Five, six. Six. six votes on Joe. I have my notes left over from the last episode. And I just forgot to change That's the That's fine. What, one thing, though, that I just want to mention before we go on to Keith voting for Tasha. Can we at least give Abby her props for resting? <laughs> the reads. She was like, you're moldy. You need to cut your hair. I was like, oh my god. I was like, oh my god. Again, the person that you love to hate on Survivor that season. Um, I didn't really get that. He, he need to cut his hair. I, I was like, oh, his hair is beautiful. Yeah, she she was like, cut your hair. I was like, where's Abby? You know, the edits. You know, messy Joe. Mess. I mean, messy, messy Joe. Messy Joe. Jeff, 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 Jeff saw those edits. He still put it out there, so it, it belongs to Jeff. Messy Joe. But that was that was that was wild. I don't really understand what, what that was all about. But I was here for it. 
Yeah, I know you are, hey, Ali. I know you're a fan. I know you are. I mean, it, we kind of played into her narrative of Joe being sort of the bad apple of the group. Um, so it was fun as someone with long hair that sometimes I have trouble styling. Uh, I was uh, nervous. I was looking in a mirror after it, being like, "Do I look like a clown?" Um, and then uh, it was very funny. But then we get one vote on on Abby, which was Joe. And then one vote for Tasha, which was Keith. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, I didn't get that. How did he come up yeah. with that? Considering he was targeting Joe like everybody else was. I don't really get the I well, you just throwing somebody off. Because they never said they never elaborated to why no. in this episode why he did that particular vote. Because yeah. I'm like, it, I, mean, I guess it will make Tasha nervous that somebody voted for her, but it's only one vote. So you're like. Yeah, maybe he'll blame it on someone else. But I think the I think the the problem is Keith is known for maybe not being the most strategic person. Like, if there is a throwaway vote and it turns out to be Keith, everyone goes, oh, "Okay, then fine, it's just Keith." So yeah, it was just very confusing. I just think he went in to know. I think I don't think they put him in the circle and was like, "Hey, this is who we voted for," because it just. When I saw when they read the votes back, because I was like, well, who voted for Tasha? And I looked and I was like, well, what was the purpose of that vote? Yeah. Was there, was there, because sometimes you throw a vote on somebody just to throw them off, just to say, okay, yeah, you're still vulnerable. Somebody voted for you and then you put it on somebody else. But I just didn't see where Keith vote made a difference in what he was yeah. trying to do. We'll see next episode when they come back at the tribal and, and see if Tasha brings it up and says, well, who voted on me? Because um, right now it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But then it's weird because even when I knew that there was a random vote for Tasha, my brain straight because I for I'd forgotten at that point who'd vote for who. But I do remember mm. I just remember thinking when I saw that vote, I was like, probably Keith. And I feel like that's kind of an ode to his game of oh it's just something random, it's probably Keith. <laughs> when you saw the photo, you was like, oh, they must be keep on some random voting. Yeah. It, it was it was the best conclusion. I mean, there is also a chance where he was just like, I don't I don't know, like who, who was getting votes. I just wrote a name. I mean, yeah. Abraham, when you were voting on 41, I mean, yes, you did uh, get out that tribal. But did you feel like you knew whose name to write down or was it sort of up in the air for you? Oh, Matthew, Matthew. Sorry to bring up. My voting, my voting strategy did not work. My strategy, which thank you, uh, Boche out there in the world. Um, I wanted things to push people towards who to vote for. Like anything else, you're thinking, of, you're thinking a million miles a minute when you're out there playing the game. And here's the thing about it is we didn't know the new structure of Survivor until we got there. So now you got to readjust to this new structure because I literally thought it was going to be two tribes. Mm -hmm. I literally thought I could just sit back, do the challenges, help win the challenges and kind of coast for a little while and get acclimated to this whole game of Survivor and not have to worry about anything. We didn't know until we got there. It was like, oh, it's three tribes, three tribes. Oh, goodness. And then on top of that, if you notice, which I feel I'm a little touchy about, two people got voted out only in 41. Right. Two people have never gotten voted out again, which I thought was a disservice to the, for us to come out and play and just do one person. Give the, give the audience a chance to develop a relationship with them. You didn't have to do two. The one would have been fine. And, and they do it now back to one. Um, and I said and again, I didn't think anything about all girls alliance teaming up with the guys 
to vote me out. I was like, well, no, these guys are going to realize that it's three of us, three of them. We got to make a decision. Better to be a stalemate. And then they had the shot in the dark that it was brand new to us and none of us knew how it worked. So it's voting is crazy, but voting is even more crazy when you have less time. Because I actually was there for three and a half days before we actually did that particular, before I got voted out. So um, you try to point the finger at somebody else without saying their names or have somebody that wants to be a little more boisterous say their names and whatnot. So, you know, hindsight 2020, I should have probably got with Tiffany and be like, hey, we're a little older. Let's, let's stick together and see who she brings in and vote it out. Here's the thing. We would have still voted out a guy. And that's the thing about it is because the guys went on the same page. So we were on the same page. We would have had to get one of the females to come with us and we would have voted them out. It's just it's just dynamics and timing. Now, flip to season 42 where you got Jonathan, you had um, strength was more valuable back in 42 for winning challenges and things of that nature. You had Rox Roy, um, you had Mike, um, and they were really you know champion for their, their tribes and stuff. Lindsay uh, and they said, no, we're going to keep the strongest player to start chopping off everybody else. Different seasons, different players. I think that's the best thing about Survivor. You never know what these 18 players are going to be about until we see them start playing the game of Survivor. And it's always going to be something new. It's always going to be something different. You know, we all got voted out, you know, so um, it's just one of those things that, that that's a part of the game. But to be a part of the experience and go through the whole thing, it's not like, oh, he just showed up the day and he got voted out. I was there for like a month and a half. So it's 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 it's, it's crazy because you part of this whole thing, and you know what goes on behind the scenes and see what happens. But it's a great experience. So I always tell people continue to apply. If you want to be a part of a great adventure, you just never know how it's going to turn out. You just never know. Shit. Well, speaking of not knowing how things are going oh, to. If you ever send me back, I'm voting. I'm voting people out first day. I'm targeting people first. Anyway, let's go, man. <laughs> well, you've heard Abraham's strategy here first. Well, spe speaking of big moves and unpredictable moves, uh, we have no idea what's going to happen with Keith in the next episode with the fact that he put a vote on Tasha. So I'm eager to see if this is going to lead to Keith's strategy or potential downfall. So who gets credit for the, I'm sorry, who gets credit for the Joe vote out? Who, who's taking credit for that? I mean, is that the, I, is that who mastermind? Probably is it gonna be who did this? Wentworth. Um, I guess you can give it to Wentworth. I mean, that was the I, hard I part about that. You think Ollie? I think I should get the credit. Ollie, yeah, Ollie, I know. Ollie said he getting credit for that. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think it was. I think yes, it was, I think Wentworth and Abbey. Well, let's face it. They okay. all pretty much agreed that he was a big physical threat. Yeah. Yeah. And most everybody voted for him. So I think this is a split down the middle. I think anybody could take credit that, hey, we had to get Joe out and we got him out. Unless you was Keith that voted for Tasha, then you don't get credit at all. And I, Joe voted yeah. for Abby and Abby voted for Joe. So they don't get, I don't think either one of them get credit. So I, you know what? I, I, I actually will actually go everyone but no one gets credit because joe became this trophy booth where he was always going to be such a big target that as yeah. soon as everyone kind of just agreed right let's do this it was a no-brainer so 
it kind of became the once we all just decide it we can make it happen so then it loses any sort of credibility on a resume because as soon as you say well i was the one that orchestrated joe's vote it's everyone saw him as a threat so as soon as everyone finally agreed right let's just nip this in the bud everyone nipped it in the bud so that's why yeah. i say everyone but no one i'm gonna go with Ali on now that's not a good analogy to me because it yeah. really who can take credit for joe yeah. it's, it's true i think though if someone were to try it would be kimmy because she went to wentworth and tasha saying let's make an all-women alliance and joe will be the first to go so arguably, if we're looking at the narrative, probably Kimmy, but let's face it, I agree with both of you. Every Joe was on everyone's radar at such a point of being an easy target that it was pretty much everyone at this point. Except so except for Keith. We're, we're gonna see the except for Keith. Apparently, we're gonna see the fallout with Keith next episode, and we hope to see you then.